Shall I go down the checklist? I have no idea what the checklist is, so... Go ahead. <laughs> Do you want what's behind door number two? <laughs> pants. Is uh, pants on the checklist? Um, this is a well, sky uh, podcast, yeah, so wear, though, now. Everyone's wearing pants, right? Yes, okay, good. Um, <laughs> I've got shorts on. Does that count? We'll let it slide this time. Afterwards, I'll ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself so you can tell us whatever you like, basically. Can I talk about my pants? Um, you can, as long as we are able to keep from having to put the explicit tag on the podcast. Uh, well, never mind then. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to think of the families. Think of the children's. Think of the children's. We were talking about a demonic accountant, and then there was silence. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the silence. <laughs> ah, okay. Oh, wait. Silence can be difficult to hear. <laughs> you have to listen real hard. By the way, Clint, uh, just so you'll know, the naming portion takes uh, quite a while. That gets the most editing, usually, just so you'll know. <laughs> I should have planned on that catheter. Um. Welcome to Crucible of Realms. I'm Jim. I'm John. And I'm Kent. And today, our guest is Clint Black. Hello, sir. Hi, guys. For folks who may not be familiar with you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I am the Savage Worlds brand manager for Pinnacle Entertainment, which means I work with anything related to the core rules of Savage Worlds. Savage Worlds, for anyone who doesn't know, and why don't you know, <laughs> uh, is a uh, core system that you can apply to any setting that you might want to play or run with. And we put out a bunch of our own settings, including the setting that I started with, which was Necessary Evil, where you play super villains. Huh. Yeah, I love that setting. It's really great. As of this recording, there is no feedback. We have completed our feedback queue at the moment, but should anyone desire to write in, feel free to do so. We would very much appreciate it. So, what kind of world do we want to build today? I liked the city. We've done a lot of space. I think we need to do a city of some sort. City, town, something like that. Yeah, I guess we could try to do something where it's focused more on an individual city. Now, actually, here's the thought. Now, this would be cheating a little bit, but maybe a really freaking big city. Um, so we're talking megalopolis kind of situation? Yeah, so, yeah, something with a lot of syllables in its descriptor. <laughs> there was a book called Gormenghast, or a series of books. Gormenghast was just kind of post-medieval. It wasn't quite up to gunpowder yet, I don't think. Or it might have been, I'm not sure. Everything took place in this citadel. It was essentially the size of a huge metropolis. Something we talk about a lot is the hook to the setting. What makes it unique? What makes it cool just to hear off the bat? What's cool about this? But really, that's part of a three-part thing. I'm working on something that I call hook, line, and sinker. The hook is what's neat about the setting. The line is what do your protagonist or your player characters, if you're running into this game, what do they do? Where's the story that revolves around them? And then the sinker is what's keeping them down, what's holding them back. What's your opposition there in doing that? When you talk about a small city or even just like the standard fantasy city world, there's lots of ways you can go with a hook by just twisting fantasy on its ear. If you go with the idea of a megalopolis, I would think your hook there would be linked to kind of the line of what the protagonist would be doing of what do they do within that city? What does that city need that only they can do? Right. right. And that's what I think about there because you get that very uh, yeah the cyberpunk mentality of only people that live outside the gears of the city can do these specific jobs. You have to break out of the way it normally works to do those kind of things. And when we get into a megalopolis, regardless of the setting, that's kind of where I see the line there. So it's two different approaches based off whichever direction we're going to go, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's say that we've got a world on which this city is, like, going to be the most important thing in it, narratively speaking. And we'll say maybe this is a megalopolis-type thing. Now are we talking modern? Yeah, that was where I was going next. Do we want to do a fantasy thing? Do we want to do a sci-fi thing? Do we want to do a dystopian thing? I like medieval. You want to go medieval? Yeah, yeah. Let's go medieval. Okay. I don't think it's our... I don't think it's our... I like three moons. You like three moons? Yeah. You shall have three moons, sir. I'm good with that. Do we want to do this medieval with magic, or do we want to do this with more like realistic medieval, or uh, medieval with some other strange thing thrown in? What do we want to do? If there is magic, I want it to be... I'm thinking more... Fit Sliver, or, you know, magic's definitely the exception, not the rule. 
But now, I've not actually read that stuff, uh, but uh, if you can describe a little bit more as far uh, as... His is more of a... It's a medieval world where generally the people who use magic are really the evil people. Oh, okay. So you don't want to be caught dead using magic. Or we could make that the case here. Well, what if we make... Because, I mean, this is very typical for us. What if we make magic itself purely comes from consorting with something evil? Whether Ooh. you try to use it for good or not is one thing. And maybe the whole existence of the city comes from that of... The they put anyone accused of it. It's almost like a prison city. So it's an, anyone accused of magic from any other country is thrown into the city. <laughs> and maybe it's, maybe it's something along the lines of it's consorting with demons. And part of the negative aspect of that is occasionally the demons get loose. In addition to having humans in this society who are stuck in this city, you also have people that are demon-blooded. Anyone <laughs> who may have part of that within them. So this is kind of like the magical penal colony. There you go. And on board, um, the vessels and ships that bring them are like major priests or hierarchy uh, churchgoers, so they won't be swayed by the demon. Yeah, and that could be, the church could also be the interconnecting element that yeah. all these different nations can trust. Yeah, There are yeah. church people who are there to control the city, and maybe it's been around for so long that it's eventually grown that when they need a political neutral ground, they use the city. Yeah, I like that idea. The higher-ups don't like to come here, but yeah, when everybody trusts, yeah. What kind of people do we have in here then? I presume we're going with the basis that most folks in here are going to be human, but then maybe some of them are demon-blooded. Are we going to include non-humans, or is it going to be strictly humans and demon-blooded? I think human and demon-blooded, that's fine. Yeah, I don't think we need oh, to, to involve elves. and Yeah. yeah. And I think demon-blooded can give you enough variation mm -hmm. between yeah, what exactly. expresses from that that you can yeah. have a bunch of different... Cause, yeah, because there be a no can be a number of breeds, I guess, depending on uh, the different kinds of demons and such here. Okay. Let's nail down a little bit about how big this megalopolis prison colony thing is. What do we want to say roughly for our population? Oh, if it's a real megalopolis, I mean, a million, two million? I mean, that's getting really, really, really large. I mean, yeah. it is. Now, I think in some D&D-type giant cities, they had over a million, but I can't remember what the details were. So maybe, do we want to say like 1.5 million? Ooh, wow. Okay. Is that okay, or is that too crazy? Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll find out. I say <laughs> We'll figure it out. We'll revise downward as necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. As the apocalypse comes, the numbers will shrink. This thing is run by the church. Is there a warden of some kind? I would say we would have to be the warden mayor. The warden mayor. Ooh. Nice. I kind of think that, yeah, it would be something that would be maybe the church has an independent person that they appoint to that position. Yeah. But a lot of the infrastructure of the city would be run by the church because if we're talking one and a half million people, this place has been around so long that the church is probably integrated into everything. And they will have had to figure out They've got to feed these people. Right. As a city yeah. of, a, of that many people, yeah, you've got to come up with some serious. And maybe there's some magic in, involved there. Coming up with the food. You think they'd be using things that involve trucking with demons to feed people who have well, been imprisoned there because with, they've been trucking with demons? With, well, but <laughs> but getting the food for literally millions of people, that's a big deal in the that real world true. anyway. I kind of like the Faustian aspect that they have to use the demonic magic to maintain the location to hold all the people that have used the demonic magic. They have to turn yeah. a blind eye to it. Yeah, so maybe they actually don't have enough resources to do it. Maybe it started out a lot smaller and then just grew to the point that they couldn't contain it any longer on their own. Is the church actually unofficially using the magic to keep it running? I think that they've set up the city to be mostly self-propagating. So what they it, do is they turn a blind eye to the people who get the food, but knowing that they have to use the demons to do it. Ah, uh, okay. The question is, is what kind of prison is it? You know I'm what I'm saying? Yeah. Australia, something that they can bring people who are kind of just abandoned there, and then they either get with the group or try and strike it out on their own. So do we want to say this is like on an island somewhere, a, a big island somewhere? I think it's more and, controlled that way. So like you said, this is kind of like an Australia setup. Oh, yeah. Or we could do that it's at the end of a peninsula, and maybe magic doesn't work over open water. 
I like the idea, but what if we use an existing concept, taking from another great game and stories out there, Dresden Files, running water. Right. So we could use the same peninsula idea, only they've actually run a river or tributary across the end of it that basically is the wall of the prison. So it's like a a river as moat. Yes. Ah. We could use the same island idea, only it's just an island in a river. You know, actually, I kind of like that, the idea that it's somewhere at the head of something like the Mississippi or the Amazon or something. And a big delta. Yeah. yeah, and it's this big landmass in the middle of all that, so that it'll still be accessible from the outside using mundane means to get across, but you couldn't just magic yourself out of it. I like the idea of making it like a delta, the outflow of the river with the water yeah. flowing around it, because then you could set up the city to have different districts where they have bridges that connect yes. them. You could have all yes. the different districts automatically set up by the way the delta splits up around it. That is a cool idea, actually. Yeah. I like that. So we figured out how we keep people there. I'm going to presume that the way magic works, that there's no way to get around that as far as, like, using dimensional gates or anything like that. And perhaps only the demons can travel back and forth between the worlds. Does that make sense? Right, and we haven't really talked about what the demons really are and all that. Yeah. So what kind of demons do we want here? Do demons have bodies? Are they intangible? What, What are demons in this context? Well, I still think uh, ritual needs to bring about the exchange between the two, whether it's verbal exchange. I think they're not of the world, but strong enough incantations can bring them temporarily to the realm. Okay. Now, do they actually physically appear, or or is it just like images? Is it just a communication means? Well, I mean, there's no reason we couldn't have both. And just one's a one's a more recent oh okay game changer kind of thing. Actually, I like that idea. Maybe up until a certain point, they couldn't physically come across. But maybe since then, their power has grown to the point that they can. Correct. The use of their summonings and whatnot has weakened the barrier between the realms, and demons can now take form, shape, and substance. Now that is interesting. Especially if the prison was built long before this happened. What if the building of the prison and everything that's led up to this point is just so the demons could manifest physically? Ooh. Ooh. In other words, the the (laughs) tainted people, the fact that they're putting all of these people that have this demonic taint or this ability to summon them in one location allows the demons to be physically manifested in that location. Nice. Nice. Because there's so much of it there. Yeah, so they got into the church and they manipulated things. Right, they were playing the long game. Yeah, that's... That's nice. That's nice. That's very cool. (laughs) Okay. How long ago did this happen? Has something more significant happened since? Or has this thing where they can physically come across only just happened? I think it would have to expand at least a few generations. Okay. So Uh, say like maybe 100 years? Maybe a little more. Yeah. I think they're headed to a critical mass where they can actually do something big. You know, either pull a rift between the two worlds or something of that nature. Let's see, as far as the demons go, we do know that they have physical bodies. They come from another place. We don't really need to define too much about that place, per se, because that's kind of another thing. But we do need to know at least enough to kind of figure out more about their agenda. So, okay, do demons do things like contracting souls? Do they exist on soul energy, or do they want something else? What do the demons want, I think, is important. I think soul energy. Maybe not that they bargain for the whole thing, but maybe they just bargain for fractions of it. Because and get it a piece at a time. Get it a little bit at a time because each little bit just makes them stronger and ultimately I think for them it's a whole hierarchy of power. Okay. The more you get, the more powerful you become and you can eventually purchase the demon crown once you receive enough soul bits. That's right. Soul pieces. (laughs) Yes. Soul pieces. Look for them in your grocery aisle today. If they get enough soul pieces, they level up. Yes. Wow, the demons are a bunch of gamers who are just trying to gain soul pieces from people. That's that's pretty much as we'd expect. I knew it. Yes. Maybe the demons are playing this kind of extended game with each other where they're trying to collect the most pieces, but it's also kind of this game is vital to their existence at this point. It's kind of their raison d'etre, to speak foreign like for a second. 
So, what do these things look like? We've started seeing them. Are they the traditional horned winged things, or do we want them to be different? Yeah, I think we can go traditional. Gaily, anywhere from a big blob of, you know, like a Jabba the Hutt to uh, the more <coughs> salamander. I think that should be good. There should be a range, so, of, a range of things. Or a range of different demons? Correct. Are there demon types that look so very different from each other that they could be like completely different creatures? Or um, do they have things in common? You know, it'd be interesting is what if as the demons gain more soul energy from people, they become more human-looking. Ah, so I like get, this. So the most powerful demons look almost human. To start out with, they're these kind of amorphous things. Maybe a lot of them look like these huge slugs, to bring in kind of the Jabba idea that Kent mentioned. And maybe a lot of them do, or unformed, and maybe some of them are more disciplined and take on things that are maybe more insectile, or take on things that are more like the traditional horned, fanged things. And maybe it's just a question of their force of will as to how well they're able to shape themselves. And then as they gain more soul energy, they gain more and more control of that. And they in so doing, take on more the aspect of what they're consuming. That actually mean also that maybe the demons are very malleable. Maybe they pick up a lot on the people that they're with or beings that they interact with. So it's more of a symbiotic relationship? Kind of, yeah. Power for soul and... Yeah. Maybe in a way what these demons want is identity. Maybe they're in a terrible realm of chaos, which some of them maybe are okay with, but some of them, and the ones primarily who deal with humans, want to get away from. And in taking in enough soul energy and being able to transit over, they can eventually get to the point that they appear human and can walk among the humans. Maybe that's the only time they really have an independent consciousness. Yeah, maybe they're when struggling they're... for free will. Right. When they're in, in the world. Yeah. I mean, I could see that maybe to an extent when they're on their side, they might have some if they're able to break free from it. But yeah, maybe... They have memories not, of it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they're not totally, completely under their own control when they're in wherever they come from. Right. So if we posit the idea that if they gain enough solar energy and can get summoned over to the real world, quote unquote, I guess, that they can then stay there and, yeah. you know, pass as human, then maybe what we're looking at here with this long game that we've talked about that the demons were playing to get the city built and everything like that is we're looking at a cycle. In other words, yeah. the advent of demon-blooded people and things like that come from there are already older, very powerful demons that crossed over into the world yeah. millennia past. Yes. And they pass purely as human. Everybody tends to think that they are, unless something else happens, but maybe their children or, you know, their yeah. their descendants are the ones that tend to manifest as this demon-blooded. And yeah. the, they're the mages. They're the people who get eventually sent here. Yeah. Well, I think maybe some of them infiltrated the church. and I think one of them is probably either leading the church or in the higher-ups. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. So that's great. They've created a society to... Uh, seemingly persecute themselves <laughs> as a means of making themselves more powerful. <laughs> so maybe they put out all kinds of false propaganda about what demons are and what they're like, uh, so that everyone thinks demons are a very particular thing, but they're really not. Maybe that whole horned and fanged thing is just a front, and that demons don't really look like that, right? necessarily. So they're looking the other way, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe there are some rogue demons off somewhere that of a different faction that they weren't too fond of, that they wanted to keep down, and that's what they look like. But the majority of demons, or at least the ones that are interested in this world, look totally different, or maybe in their native forms, again, they, they're not so much consciousness, or they look more like these slugs, or what have you. I like that idea. I guess the long game is basically to convert the world. Yeah, because what happens yeah. when they run out of soul food, so to speak? Oh, yeah, and that's true. And then if they come over here and they can direct society, they can essentially create their own self-perpetuating cattle. Yeah, that's cool. Something you hit on there kind of reminded me. It's almost like the classic John Carpenter movie, They Live, um... where they're behind the scenes. They're running the upper echelons of the church. Plus, we talked about how the city, because it's kind of neutral ground, is also used for political meetings, anything where they needed a neutral territory. Yeah. They're also trying to use it as such a case as to get people into the high ranks of the government. Yeah. You know, they're demons you know, and ultimately basically rule the world. I mean, that they, yes. they're the ones, the puppet masters behind the screen running everything. Yeah. This is great. Let's go ahead and decide here so that we can better define this. Are the demons in charge? 
charge of the church, or have they merely infiltrated it? Infiltrated so far. Let's say there'd be like five key church appointments, and they have two of the five. So they don't quite have a majority yet. Right. But they're working on it. That way we can still play, you know, that's their long game, and so it's they, not like it's ready to be implemented. There's still time to thwart their plan. The first thing, then, that we have defined about this church is that apparently there is a council of five of some kind heading it. Let's uh, define a little bit about this. What's this religion like? Is there a deity? Are there multiple deities? It's monotheistic. Okay. If it's got five leaders, that would tend to make me think of, again, numbers being very important in religious you know, symbology, of a hand. With five ah, fingers to the hand. Yeah. So maybe it's like the hand of God. They are of the five fingers of the hand. And, awesome. Um, something like that, that they worship, and that has to have some importance to the foundation. Yeah. Of the religion. Yeah, they use a fist or a hand symbol. All five of them must be in unison to choose to go into a religious war. The yeah. hand must make a fist. <laughs> ah, yeah, awesome. <laughs> okay, so have we decided that the middle finger is one of the demons? or? <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Or you that's go. what he thinks of himself as. In any yeah. Way. <laughs> oh, yeah. They may think of themselves that way, you know, or think of others that yeah. way, you know, of what they, yeah. they serve. But probably, yeah. you know, they are all first amongst equals. But, you know, there's yes. there's one of them who's the pinky. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> We're going to need to figure out what these five things represent. Is each one a faction? There might be a chief exorcist. Mm. There, there might be a might be somebody just purely for temporal matters. We're talking basically, say, like the accountant, the exorcist, the general, and something else along those lines. Probably, yeah. Someone in charge of discipline, they're the ones that determine who goes out to the island. Or maybe make it justice, you know? Justice, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, typically when you think about deities and, you know, religions, they tend to follow along certain lines of you have justice, compassion, charity. I think whoever decides who goes to the island is probably, I'm guessing, their head demonologist. I'm thinking that's probably a demon. Okay, definitely. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Justice. Justice might actually be separate from uh, the demon hunting branch. Is there a demon hunting branch? It's the one that's staunchest and believes that the demons are within their myth. Okay. So maybe there's kind of a scourge type, basically. It's just the whoever it is that heads there. Do they have an inquisition or a or yeah, crusader they're, they're or something like that? Hammer, kind of. I think the other demon that's on the council should be the accountant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's important to have a demonic accountant. Well, account- not just that, but the demonic accountant, therefore, has the fingers, quote-unquote, in all the others, because they all depend on the money to come in from him. Perhaps one of the things that's going on right now is this demon that's on the one of the five that's in charge. He's making the prison work. He's going to bring all these things over and everything like that. And maybe the account guy is going, you know, I don't want to be under you. Yeah. All our demons don't have to have the same wants or desires. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't think any of them. There's multiple games going on, for sure. Maybe that's why it's taken this long. <laughs> yeah. The one who's in charge of matters related to the prison, is that the one who does justice throughout the church, or is that a different one? I think he probably oversees it, not necessarily that he handles all of it, of course. Yeah, the day-to-day stuff is handled by the warden mayor, but if that's the case, then what we'd be looking at is the two demons on the council would be the one that's in charge of justice and the one that's the treasurer, essentially. And then their scourge type, their uh, more militant type, actually is not a demon, but probably I'm guessing is close to being in their pocket because he's sending people out to be inquisitors and such and trying to hunt down what it turns out is the wrong type of demon and brings people in. Yeah, so, I like the idea uh, of that guy being very devoted to what he's doing, yeah. but they've basically just twisted him around and pointed him in the wrong direction. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he would be very dangerous if he ever figured out what they were actually doing to him. Yes, yes, precisely. And maybe that's the point of contention between the accountant demon and the justice demon. The justice demon thinks he yeah. has this guy in his pocket and totally controlled, and the accountant demon is like, talk about playing with fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe the accountant demon isn't really necessarily trying to take over the world. He just wants to uh, see to his own interests. <laughs> now, now, that leads us to the point that obviously... They have actual power. 
if they knew what was actually going on, they could stop them. Potentially. I, I think right. that it would be difficult, but it's possible. That's what I'm thinking. Um, so yeah. what is that power? Is it like a true faith kind of situation? I, I'm thinking maybe there's something that involves either an inversion of or another form of this pact magic that can be used to stop them. I mean, unless we want to say that there are other forces at work. I kind of like the idea of just that you'd have to turn the pact magic on its ear, or at least against what purposes people typically do, to actually make it effective against the demons. Like, maybe there'd be a way to, well, maybe control them, actually, since there is a free will thing going on, or to drive them out. Well, if there's a way to summon them, at least yeah. there would be magic that could banish them. They could yeah. call it exorcism, but really it's just knowing that magic. So we're saying that the guy that they're toying with actually does know how to do that. Well, let's figure that out. Do we want this deity to be involved, or is that just something that the humans are turning to, but it's not necessary, but it's more... Is, well, I mean, is the deity real? Yeah, that is a question. Is the deity real, and does the deity care? Because thus far we've been talking about magic, possibly the, the demonic magic is possibly a tool, but at the same time, do we want to introduce another type of sort of deific magic into this? The advantage to making it a banishment spell means that these exorcists would constantly have to keep an eye on their own people. That is true. Because you're just one step away from learning how to be the summoner, and you could have people that were like that. The downside is, after so many years, it would probably be so common it would be impossible to hide. You know, you would have so many of these guys that get sent off to that city, and I think that would be trickier to deal with. If there is another player in there, a deity, I mean, it doesn't have to be a direct hand of God thing. Perhaps the ancient enemy of the demons at one point manifested in the world, maybe the last time they appeared in this cycle. Maybe the last time they appeared, they showed up and their power was broken. Yeah, okay. And it was somebody who opposed them, and that opposition is the one who has risen up as the new deity. I like that idea, actually, because that gives us more of a history to play with. So maybe there was a banishment that happened a long time ago by some hero who has become a deity at this point, and who may or may not have power, we don't know. Maybe something I was thinking about is, I was thinking about the other two branches of the church that we haven't defined yet, and I was thinking one of them might be a more scholarly branch, the keepers of the lore and the ones who deal with the rituals and things like that that the church itself has. So I was thinking maybe buried away somewhere or being worked on, perhaps there is this counter magic that is based on the deity that they are slowly trying to figure out. Well, is, or maybe they have yet <clears throat> to figure out. Do we have the flip here? Do we have angelic bloodlines out there? that came from that mythical person, the exorcist in the past. I would like to think that maybe there are rumors of it. Maybe there are rumors that there is such a thing, that there might be a second coming of some kind that'll go on, but we don't have anything tangible about it yet. It's like it might mysteriously appear at some point, just because I think that that way it's something we can kind of play with. You have to be summoned over. We know that there's demonic summoning. So maybe there is an angelic summoning. Okay. And that is what happened in times past, that some human figured out the magic to make that happen. But in time, a lot of that has been lost by the activity of the demons. The exorcists still have a little bit of that knowledge, some of that okay. specific magic that's so different. It's different because it's drawing creatures from a different realm. It's drawing them from, you know, if we've got the demons that are trying to feed off of it, then we've got the angelic ones on the other side. The demons are trying to keep that hidden, obviously. It's nearly the same magic in effect. It's just dealing with two different dimensions. It's a less powerful magic unless you're actually using it against a demon. Okay. The demons are particularly weakened against that style because, you know, these are like their ancient enemies. Are we getting a back history that this planet might have been a battleground at one point mm. or, or a skirmish? Maybe there was a skirmish that happened on this world in some black past. These two races off plane somehow this is a place that they fought over. It was a killing field between yeah. the two of them. And when they withdrew, maybe both sides withdrew. And what was left were the dead or the dying, you know, and pieces of them hung on on the planet. Then human society kind of woke up around that. Okay. What if our symbol of five that our religion is based around comes from what people have carried on from what they heard from like the original angelic beings or whatever, that there are actually five realms. Uh, there are five dimensions. Uh. There's the world they live in, the world of the demons, the world of the angels, and then two others. Now that's a thought. 
your guy that handles the actual temporal running of the church and everything like that is representing the material world. Your excommunicator, your exorcists, actually represent the demonic world. One of the dimensions that we haven't seen yet would be the dimension where maybe he's told them about all they do is consume knowledge, basically. Okay, and I That got would you. be your librarian. Scholar type, your yeah. Your scholars, you know, or okay. they, they basically don't get involved in anything, really. All they are is gaining information. The angels could be a force of justice. In essence, their job is kind of to keep everybody in their own realm. That's why they fought the demons here. I like okay. that idea. So management of the things like masses and things of that nature... Who would that be under? Would that be under, like, the temporal guy, the accountant, or would that be under the scholars, or how would that work? Interaction with the people is what I'm thinking. Or are we defining our fifth finger? Yeah, I think so. I like that. If we do this as a fifth finger, what would it be? The fifth finger deals with the flock. The flock. Ah, shepherds. Okay. Shepherds, yeah. Okay, good. Perhaps the fifth realm keeps everything running. Oh, it's like the axis around which everything else revolves, maybe. Good. So we've got those five things. That said, I think perhaps the city should have five boroughs. He says, making it sound like Manhattan and such. But they'd organize everything in terms of fives, so they'd probably organize the city that way, too. And that's also interesting because you could arrange the districts around those concepts as well, actually. Yeah. One of the districts could be the one that actually produces the food and handles a lot of the production. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be the shepherd district, basically. I think, because that's dealing with the flock and the needs of the flock. And so that would be where they produce the food, maybe in ways that they're not supposed to. But maybe at some points they have crops. Maybe there are areas where they can go out and they can plant. Well, the irony is, is being in a river delta, it'd be some of the richest farmland. That is true. (laughs) So it could just be like a standard penal colony, but some of them have set up as farmers and shepherds and things. Fishing, things of that nature. All the buildings would be more like huts or one-level houses. Maybe all the huts are on stilts to maximize the arable land and also in case it floods. Yeah, yeah, that's very good. Yeah, I definitely see a sort of a tiered kind of effect where it would probably be whatever's the prime faction. I guess it's actually going to be wherever the there's got to be a citadel or something with a big basilica of some sort where the main quote unquote church is, the main church building. Right, and that's gonna that's got to be at the highest point because that's probably where it all began. Yeah, least likely to flood. Do we like? Would that be in the Shepherd District or the Justice District? It's a penal colony of justice. Yeah. Okay. So in the Justice District is where it's like the main building, which is, I guess, their main... uh, Do they have cathedrals? I would think so. Or a basilica or something of that nature. Basilica or... Lots of domes. Let's say they've got a basilica. Stone building. Yeah. Stone buildings. That sort of thing. It would probably be the one place where they had a port for ships to come in. Uh, Yeah. Yep. So this is the side that's closest to the ocean? Yeah, Yeah. I think so. They all touch the ocean. Each of the areas touch the ocean, but this one has the most land front, you know, in front. This is where the ports would be, so it would be the biggest connection to directly the ocean, where I assume that other sides may have river bits going through them. Yep. I mean, this one may too, but... So that means that there's a certain amount of things that come back and forth then from the uh, District of Temporal Matters, because if the docks are here, then... The Temporal Matters District is probably very close, because I assume most business would happen there. Right. Correct. It's probably the intersection of those two. That works. So, like, the business districts where, do they have a market? Oh, yeah. That would probably be in the Temporal District. And probably what we'd have is the one closest to the ocean would be our Justice District with the docks and the main, you know, headquarters of the church. And then there would be another one, again, kind of setting them almost like in a wheel, a central kind of island that would be the Temporal District one, which would have bridges connecting it to all the others. Yeah. And that would be the place for the market. And then the one farthest north into the river where all that silt and rich land comes in would be that Shepherd District. Yeah. Then we would have a scholar-type district, that's probably the one where the demonologists or, you know, summoning magicians are in control. Ooh, yeah. interesting, yeah. So it's where they keep their library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Their prison library, and where probably the most work of a vile nature happens and they look the other way. If they have such a thing, maybe it's where they have their arts district. Oh, yeah. It's like a little theater there. It's the theater district, yes. I presume that there are residences all throughout, but maybe most of the residences are in the Shepherd District. Let's see, anything else important we want to have in the Scholar District? The snitches. 
Yes. The, yes, uh, this network. Is the information exchange location, where if you want to find yeah. out anything that's going on, there's probably like a spider sitting in his web. There's somebody there who knows everything. I think it's funny because it's the district of high knowledge is also the district where the black market is and all that. It works, though. It works, though. And then, and this is the fun part, the exorcist slash scourge district, I assume, is where they do most of their corporal punishment. It's the prison within the prison. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably where they keep the more dangerous prisoners. And uh, I think it's probably where they keep their torture implements and things of that nature. You think they do executions in this prison city? Oh, yeah. Or try. I think that's also would be where that happens. There's the gallows, yeah. There's a yeah. How would they dispose if they're dead officially and then unofficially? What are they doing with the bodies? <laughs> well, officially, they're probably supposed to like maybe burn them, or if you decapitate them, then you're supposed to put their head up on pikes, and then maybe eventually you bury them or something, or throw them out to the river so that they go out to sea. But uh, maybe unofficially, some of the bodies are being held over for rituals. That's what I'm saying, yeah. That's where I was going with that. There's definitely an unofficial traffic in bodies. Is some of the magic necromantic? There's probably work on that, yeah. Ah, yeah, actually. Come to think of it. So, now, magic. What is the extent of the magic you can use that is demon-fueled? Let's say you go into the demonic phone book and you call uh, Demons R Us and they respond and they install some magic in you in exchange for a few soul tokens. What do you get in the standard demon package? I think it could vary. Yeah, it probably varies, but super strength, super, you know, maybe it's informational, too. Yeah, I was going to say divination type thing. Okay. So maybe it's a case of you can either get the demon to perform services for you or the demon can enhance what you already have. Yeah. In other words, he can make you stronger, he can make you faster, he can do other stuff. He can't give you abilities you don't normally have. You can't shoot fire out of your hands or anything like that, but he can improve everything you've got. He can make you a great marksman, a great fighter, if you know how to fight at all. He can give you those things. He can make you better at anything that you want to be to superhuman levels, Mm -hmm. possibly, depending on how powerful the demon is. Now, can they do some of the standard stuff where it's like make you lucky at cards or make people fall in love with you, that kind of thing? Or is that actually just fairy tales? I think that would be part of making you more persuasive, Mm -hmm. making you more a better gambler. Perhaps it's like, okay, you know how to do math. I can make you so good at math, you'll be able to count cards. Okay. Now, in other words, they make you so good at something that it's like magic. If you're just going for a little bit of an improvement, maybe it doesn't cost you so much. Yeah. That's kind of trying to ride the edge there of how much soul you can spend and how much of your soul will heal. But then the other flip side is you can actually summon one up and send it off to do something for you. Mm, yes. So demons themselves, then, when they get summoned and you send them to do something, maybe they're the ones who can do, like, the crazy stuff, like turn invisible and throw fireballs and fly and stuff like that. Yeah. To let the demon do it himself, you have to, like, let it out of a summoning circle. The the idea that it could get free. Oh, yeah. That's most costly, too. That's right up there with leveraging the soul to the hilt. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe the demons want to be set free because they know there's a chance to get loose and do what they want to do. Maybe oh, yeah. they make it cheaper. It's like, yeah, but if you let me go, I'll take care of this for you. That's true. Try to play that of just let me out and I'll go take care of it for you. Maybe they That's get good. to do their like own that. things, you know. What about, can you also have the demon make someone else less efficient, like less of a marksman, less of a gambler? Oh. First put on yeah. Take away their ability to do X. Yeah. I would think you could, but it would probably be, again, more expensive. Yeah. Quote, unquote. Yeah, because you're trying to affect others more. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And this could also be why, you know, the shepherd area is able to raise so much food without it being obviously demonic. Mm. The demons make them into super farmers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Excellent. We've already talked a little bit about the history, so maybe we should go ahead and fill in a little bit of the rest of that, and uh, we'll go from there. So long ago, in unrecorded time, there was a planar war of some kind, and the material plane was the uh, the place where the, the angel and demon types... Yeah, it was the battleground. Thing. Yeah, I think it was just a battlefield. Yeah, I don't think it was... So we have that an unrecorded amount of time ago, prior to humans, and then that stopped for some reason. Right. Why did that stop? I think that they fought each other to kind of some sort of standstill and just it was over nobody could go on anymore both sides had lost too much it became like a dead heat right and so maybe they just all decided to withdraw from the world their wounds right and left behind the dead and dying 
Maybe oh. the last angel that the whole religion is based off of gave his life to seal the um, barriers between the realms. Because up until that point, maybe they could come and go freely. Ooh. Okay. And so now they have to be summoned to get here. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So, Very good. In other words, he sealed off the realms. But he couldn't seal off just the demon realm. He had to seal off all of them. Okay. The material world. So everybody has to be summoned there now. The only okay. ones that were left, however, like it said, the dead and dying demons, there were a few of them that were still there. They kind of survived and learned or figured out knowledge of how to get humans to summon them in. Okay. All right. Very cool. And so they've exist, been around for a very long time. Are any of them still around or from the original battle? Or have they died out by now, if they die out? Well, I think that that's how they were made whole. Was That's how they learned the soul magic. The bargaining for souls was how they healed themselves. So I think some of yeah. them may be. Is that original angel still around? Did he seal himself in on this side? Maybe that's a question. Maybe that's not actually something we have to answer. Yeah, but I but like that idea. That's a possibility. Yeah, maybe his line exists somewhere, too. Well, I was, uh, I was wondering if maybe we could go somewhere with that, that somebody, I don't know whether it's a bloodline or whether it's a, as long as a certain bloodline lives in the world somewhere, that original pact that sealed off the world is still in, involved. Okay. Maybe they're looking. The demons are looking for the person that's keeping, and the angels for that matter. Yeah. Maybe there are five bloodlines. Maybe the angel basically did the opposite of what the demons do. Instead of taking uh, the souls of humans to feed himself, he split his soul into five parts, put it into five bloodlines or five humans, and that now carries into their bloodlines. Wow. I think it would be something where, unlike the demonic taint that kind of sticks with a person, it's something that's specifically passed to one person in the bloodline. Okay. So it's not like there's a whole bloodline of people out there that all have all right. some touch of this. It's one person in that bloodline. There there are like five people out there okay. who have that. Do we think these people are aware of this? I think they're completely clueless. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That way what we can do is maybe there's a prophecy or something spoken of in ancient texts where these are going to eventually awaken, so to speak, or these will be found. And maybe there's a collective term for them, but it's not something that, that anyone really knows about a lot right now. That's right. good. The prehistory point, was humanity around or were they not around yet? I think they were around. That's how the one angel split his soul off into them. Okay. And maybe that spark of that angelic soul kind of led those people to start founding the civilizations. So we want to say that that happened something like, what, 10,000 years ago, 15,000? Yeah. That's yeah, fair. a long time. Yeah. So long that it's been forgotten who those people were or why these, like, perhaps five separate civilizations rose up with yeah. the same religion, you know, yeah. the same belief system, you know, until later. Yeah, that works. So about how long ago do we want to say the prison was built? Well, if we're putting like a million plus people in there, that prison's been around for centuries, and it's so, expanded out from that It one probably wasn't night. originally built as a prison, but it kind of, yeah. then they decided, oh, well, yeah, why don't I we... I kind of think it started as like just the hub. The What did we say was at the center of the Temporal District? Yeah, I think that was the... Where um, just that one was at the center, and then maybe they spread into the Shepherd District. We'll say that these districts always existed, but the, the city spread out, essentially, into more formalized things later. So what do we want to say? That sounds like somewhere between 500 and 1,000 years to me. 500, sounds good. We want to say, like, around 500? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 500, so, yeah. Okay, so the prison yeah. was built originally, and then it grew, and then more recently we had the uh, ritual breakout, where more demons were walking among us. About how long do we want to say that took place? I think that's in the last, like, 20 years, their last. So, well, actually, someone was saying there wanted to be multiple generations of it. Correct. About 120, 120 years now. I'm leaning more towards, say, like 100 years. How does that sound? Yeah. Okay. A century. Yeah. About a century. Okay. About 100 years. So the demons by now may, in fact, be running the prison. Is the warden mayor at this point probably a demon? No, I don't think so. Maybe so they're more behind the scenes? Yeah, maybe a lot of his underlings and a lot of the other things, but I'm thinking that possibly something happened in there where the warden mayor maybe has been recently elected, is not someone that the demons in charge of the church wanted. Ah, okay. What I'm thinking is when we're talking about the whole, it's been a hundred years that the demons have started summoning physically and things like that, that perhaps what's happened here is someone finally summoned up a demon that was able to go in and kill the last warden mayor. 
And because this was such a high-profile effect, the rest of the people in the church said, all right, we need to pick somebody who's really going to crack down on this stuff and do something. And they kind of stuck their noses into where the justice guy had put somebody in there to let it happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. So he kind of got forced into putting someone in there who's more capable, actually. But unfortunately, what this guy doesn't know is he's fighting uphill. All right, cool. So that would have happened within the last couple of years then, probably. Right. Probably within, within like, the last year. Okay. That means that up until within the last year, this place has been going downhill. Maybe it's been, strange to say it, fairly lawless, and uh, it's just now getting back to more orderly, perhaps. I don't want to say utterly fairly lawless, but, you know, it's been a very unsafe place, and maybe they're trying to make it safer now. I I think think that there's definitely a group of demon-blooded people who probably think that they're here for actually a decent reason, they don't align themselves with the demon. Okay, so they're like uh, reformers. Maybe, or just that they actually know that there's bad stuff out there. Okay, so people who are demon-blooded and they try to use that to fight the uh, demonic forces and whatnot? Well, yeah, I think there's something along that line. And maybe the new mayor is using that, whereas the other mayor would have never done that. So maybe these demon-blooded are exhibiting signs of those types of demons that they were crunching down on. The ones with the horns and the tails and all that. I'm not saying they should necessarily have horns and tails, right? but it's a thought. When we say demon-blooded, how different from human do these people look? Or do they? I think it probably varies. So, yeah, there's probably a scale, but, I mean, do any of them become, say, scaly, or does it go that far? I actually picture some that are demon-blooded to be scaly, even to the point of having small little nubs on their head. Okay. Some of them have nubs on their heads. Some of them, perhaps they have prehensile tails or something. Who knows? Right. Or starts of them. And these are people with, like, these slight deformities, quote-unquote, but it's actually demon blood. And these are of the types that get the most flack. So, you know, the types that, you know, if you see them in the street, you throw vegetables at them. And you're saying a a group that wants to fight back, maybe change the way people think about them. Would there be a group that lives in the city that realizes that most of them are there just because they may like one mistake or something like that connected to this. Oh, yeah. Something like that. And you think about the fact that the warden mayor and the church and everything like that, they're probably going to be spending most of their time just making sure everybody stays in or dealing with large issues. Would this group kind of become its own police force on the island? Oh, I like that. An independent police force, kind of. (laughs) A private police force. Yeah, and would that not come about from, like, the last warden mayor leaving everything in neglect? I mean, if you've got a million-plus people or however many that are living here, you you can't just let that go completely chaos because yeah. it'll overwhelm them. And at some point, yes. that many people are going to create their own society. And, their own and you know what? I, I like that because then if the warden mayor supports them, the new one, that can cause a lot of nice, juicy controversy because it's a police force made up of prisoners. Right. <laughs> and it goes back to kind of that initial thing I said about the hook, line, and sinker. That automatically gives you your line for the players of the protagonist to be yeah, part exactly. of the prison police force. You awesome. There, I like that. But you maintain order. So there's like a private police force. Maybe some of these demon-blooded that we were talking about are in it, or maybe a lot of them are. Maybe that's the group we were talking about, even, that these people kind of fighting back, maybe a lot of them are demon-blooded, but that are trying to change the way people are thinking about them. Would that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm with this stuff, and you end up looking like me. I mean, what could be better to deter people? (laughs) I like that. Okay, good. It has occurred to me that there is probably a protection racket that had been going on up until that point. Because that happens in all prisons. So in a prison this size, I can imagine that happening on a grand scale. Mm-hmm. And it's a colony, too. Do we want to say there's like actual crime family action going on here? Yeah, because it's been around 500 years. That's plenty of time. Yeah. A family or two families to seize control over yeah. districts. What do we want to say is the nature of the most narratively important family with respect to that? If we look at the five areas we have, there's not really going to be a family that covers the Justice District exactly. Yeah. The Shepherd area is too sparse. Yeah, well, I mean, mostly they'd probably be in the Scholarly District, I'm thinking, because that's where a lot of the crime takes place. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking the Scholarly District and then our Commerce District. Yeah, definitely the market. One person that handles the material goods and one person that has all the information. Okay. Yeah. So two boss families, one over the market and one over the uh, information. 
Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, one's over the straight market and one's over the black market. There you go. Or maybe they interact in the black market. Maybe that's their big marketplace, really, where they trade back and forth. Maybe the market district isn't so much of a family, per se, but as a family that had to be created because of the family in the knowledge district. Okay, yeah. In other words, they were all individuals. They've basically created a consortium yeah. to protect themselves against these other guys from their protection racket. But in doing so, they've basically made themselves into what these other guys is. Yes, very good. That way you can have different people in the consortium that may not all be eye to eye and you could play off against each other. Yeah, totally. What else would we want to throw in here? I think we've definitely got to have some Diabolists. I mean, some like hardcore doing really bad demon summoning stuff. Someone who's pushing the boundaries of that technology, as it were. Yeah, hidden society that... Or maybe not so hidden, I guess. Or a cult, basically. The, right. The lore family wouldn't want to be doing that? Actually, they probably would. They'd yeah. probably be involved in the demon cult. Oh, they yeah. may not be the demon cult, but they'd probably be involved in it. Correct. I'm thinking maybe the second son. Yeah. That. So, yeah, the demon cult is also headed by the same family, but it's, yeah. The family is deep in it, but they don't necessarily know it. You know, it's bad for business. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Any other little groups we want to throw in here? Hmm. Is that good for now, or do we want yeah, to? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And, I mean, obviously we have the church. The church has its people there, priests and such. But, I mean, that's, I don't know that we need to form an order for them or not, really. It's, you know, just whatever their their natural order is. Is there anything else that we want to throw in here before we start naming stuff? Okay. I think there should be one really bad dude over in the uh, solitary island. Yes. That would be the exorcism island, you know, where they put people in solitary. But there's like one bad, bad dude over there. This island's version of Hannibal Lecter. That's exactly where I was going with that. I was like, okay. <laughs> he knows more about stuff. summoning than anybody else. Okay. Or maybe so. he just knows more about what's going on over there. Actually, Ooh, he's been there. Yeah. 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 Maybe he's actually been across. Oh, wow. He's the only one that's known to ever have been been there and come back. Yes. As far as organizations goes, I think we're pretty, yeah, we pretty much have figured out how those are organized, I think. One is organized more like a traditional crime family, and the other one's probably more of an autonomous collective consortium type thing. Yeah, a syndicate. And then the police force, I assume, has a captain of some kind. Yep. Okay. We're friends with the current Lord Warden. Yeah. Okay. Are we good to start going down the list and naming stuff? Yeah, as far as I can I tell, so. yeah. Let's start with the religion a little bit. What do we want to call the deity? Do we want it to be a name or a title or both? I think it's a title of some sort. I don't think. So what would it be like? I know certain places use things like the light and stuff like that, and I'm not suggesting using that, but what would we call it? The hand of, or it's got to be something that has a hand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they worship a gauntlet of some kind. <laughs> He could be mm -hmm. like the gate sealer, yeah. you know, his last action of yeah. closing the gate. How about the sentinel? sentinel? The sentinel works. Yes, yeah. actually, that works because it's like a guardian. The the so the deity is the sentinel. The hand of the sentinel. Do we want the hand of the sentinel to be that council? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. We need to probably think about what to name those realms, or at least what this society calls those realms. Well, they wouldn't have names for all of them. They wouldn't be familiar with them. Okay. They would well, have their realm and the demonic realm. Would they understand at this point why there are five different divisions in the church? I don't think so. I think they've basically turned a little bit what they learned from the original guy. I mean, it's been 10,000 okay. years. That is true. And they've basically taken the theme of those realms and turned them into aspects of their god. All right, I can see that. So there's a lot about the hand in their liturgy or about the five aspects of the deity, that kind of thing. Okay, so do they have like a concept of heaven and hell? I think uh, you almost have to, don't you? Yeah, would, Probably. Yeah, where the angels reside or whatever. So yeah. do they call them by those names? Do they just call them heaven and hell or do they use different names? They'd be different. We have to come up with different ones. So just, just like paradise. Or promise, yeah. The promised paradise. Or maybe yeah, they that's... just call it promise with a capital P. Yeah, that could work. The promise, yeah. I can't believe it's not butter. No, wait. <laughs> now wow, I really thought that was butter. <laughs> so promise and what's hell? Cursotopia. <laughs> yes! Maybe not. They may have the actual name for it because they may have gotten it from the demons. Right. That's true. So, they so that might have... actually be like a proper name. They may know it's a real place, and the demons may well tell them, oh, yeah, when you die, you're coming, you're mine. True, okay. Just to mess with them, even if it's not true. Shurak? Shurak? Yeah, Shurak. I believe Shurak is the word that Raceland used to summon light from his staff in Dragonlance. Yeah, it is. Ah, 
<laughs> and we can't use that. I thought for a moment he was talking about the president of France. How about something like Malfeasel? Malfeasel? Uh, based on malfeasance? Yes. Well, we could jam some of these together. Or what if we use the ek part of the other one, of Shrek, and go with Malfaic, or something like that? Malfaic. That's good. Um, let's see. Malefic. Do we like Malefic? Yeah. I like Malefic. Yeah, okay. Malefic. So I'm thinking M-A-L-I-F-E-K. That works. Malefic. Okay. The council is called the Hand of the Sentinel. Uh, on the council, we have these five different divisions, and we should probably define these divisions. So what do we call the Justice Division? The leader or the division? We need to know both, I think. What if we just call the lead one, like, a proctor? There you go. The proctor? Okay. The proctor of justice, the proctor of... Shepherd or whatever it is. <laughs> the gamble of justice, the gamble of... Yeah. Oh. But so they'd be all like the proctor of, and it would right. be the division. Or it could be used as their title. Like, or yeah, proctor. Like proctor, uh, you know. Uh, proctor Smith. Proctor, proctor uh, Smith, yes. Okay, I like that. Then we need to come up with the division names. So the justice division, do we want to just call it justice, or do we want to call it something else? Maybe we should give it all a term of something that applies to it. In other words, like the justice division could be the sword of the sentinel. The accountant could be the scales of the sentinel. Yeah. Yes. You know, the scroll of the sentinel for the, you know, things. Um, but then what do we come up with the other two? Well, the, uh, actually, if we switch that around a little bit, maybe the scales would be... Uh, justice. Would be justice. And the sword would be the exorcists, or the scourges. I like the scroll for the scholar. And then we just need to name the accountants and the shepherds. Well, we could make it the staff. The staff? Okay, good. Yeah. Coins. The coin? Coin could work. I almost want to say the cup for some reason. I like that, Lane. too, because it yeah. is going to cover more than just the money. It's going to cover yeah. anything that's materialistic, and the cup covers a symbol of household and housekeeping kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> and then strangely enough, we have three of the things that are used in tarot, and I like that symbology in here a little bit. Okay, good. The five divisions of the church are the scales, the sword, the staff, the cup, and the scroll. Now, the districts, are they still called like the scale district, the sword district, the staff district, or do they have different names? I don't think they ever had those names. I think they just organically grew out of separating and building the city over the 500 years. Okay. So maybe they don't have real names names per se, but they would be called like the market district. Maybe if they're kind of all off that central market island, it could be north, south, east, west, and central district or something like that. Good. Good. I like that. That's simple. There's precious little simple around here. We need it where we can get it. That said, we do not need to name the last angel because we already named him because that's the deity. Whether he would see himself as a deity or not. Yeah. Do we want to name the demon-blooded something other than demon-blooded? Or are they just the demon-blooded? Would they be the, like the tainted? I like that. That's exactly what I was thinking. The tainted? Okay. Yeah. I like that. The tainted ones. Yeah, the tainted or the tainted ones, depending on how it goes. Okay. Do we actually call the demons demons, or do we call them something else? Does it matter? What did we call hell again? Malefic. I don't think that really matters. I think we could just call them demons. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. The easiest. The angel-blooded, if there are any. Because we were talking about those five individuals. It would be pretty obscure, so probably not that many people would know about them. But those who do, what would we call them? The hallowed of the sentinel? The hallowed, okay, good. The crime family that runs the knowledge district. And also the cult. Do we want to actually just use the family name, or is there? Did they have like a, a Latinate name, or what do we want to call the them? Cult. I'm thinking Athero. It means to bear away. Athero. A U F E R O. French. The cult of Athero. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I like that. Who is Athero? Then what would have been have been named out of after? It could have been one of the demons. Maybe it's one of them that's actually here. Maybe it's uh. not even real. There's always Maybe. that, too. What if this is one of the things that the accountant demon has set up in the prison city to disrupt what the other demon is doing? Okay. He's actually yeah. created this fake cult by coming to them okay. in false form and everything like that. And so yeah. Worship and so these do all these and, things. <laughs> and maybe this form is actually closer to the image of the other types of demons that are actually in control, but still not really them. And his whole goal is to yeah. bear away the other demon, basically. Yes, okay, you know? good. So maybe the other demon's name is something close to this, so it would be like, can we morph it a little bit? Maybe uh, Al Faro, A-L-F-E-R-O. I got no problem with that. Yeah, I worship Al. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the cult is the cult of Al Faro. We need to figure out what to name the family, though, the crime family. La Cosa Nostra. Did we want to use a Latinate name like that, or do we want to use an actual proper name? A proper name. 
Well, what would we like to base it on? Do we want to base it on something like Italian or French or German or... Ooh, a German name. That would be kind of cool. Okay. Uh, Gluckner, Bellman, Hochen, Luft, Luften, the Mowers. Stop me if I hit something good. Unger, Erner, Vogel. Unger. Unger? Unger. We like the Ungers? Yeah, that works. The Unger family. I don't want to make it too hard to pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> the market consortium that has opposed the crime family. Do we want to name them? The Free Merchants. Or it's always going to be something more positive. The Free Merchants Consortium? Yeah, yeah something like that, yeah. That sounds good to me, actually. Yeah. The crime family <laughs> gives himself a it makes them legitimate sound good. name. Yeah. yeah. When they're really bad. <laughs> Or they're trying to be a lesser evil, which is... Because they also do the black market, right? Well, they trade in the black market. That's kind of where the two families interact. The police force, which includes a number of demon-blooded... This is the private police force, right? Yes, the private police force. I assume that the prison, as it works, has the warden, mayor, and then beneath him there are certain functionaries, including city guards and things like that. But the private police force probably has a different name. It'd be like a social movement or something, probably. And remember, they're painted, but they're kind of trying to illuminate oh. people's knowledge that it's yeah. bad. And not all of them are tainted, though. It's uh, Some of them are tainted, and then some of them are just people who are there for, like, misdemeanors that shouldn't be there. And some just want to make a difference. Maybe some of them have reformed, genuinely. And so we need to give them a name, like the Eternal Watch or something, or the Vigilant. I was thinking about something with the Tide. Oh, um... Tide Watch, that's a little... Well, I mean, let's see, what do we use to... What are we, barrier reefs? Um, levy? <laughs> the levy. The dark, Actually... The dark levy. They hold back the darkness. <laughs> the dark levy. Yeah, okay, good. They levy the darkness. And again, the name could have formed out of the original movement, which is built into this police force. Okay, we're coming down to some individuals here. I know that we need to name the Hannibal Lecter type figure. Holger Voss, H-O-L-G-A-R, second word, V-O-S-S. Holger Voss? It's so German, dude. <laughs> A dude that had a law specifically made after him. If it's something that's real, we may want to morph it a bit. I would recommend changing one of the names. How about we change the first name to Hector? Hector. That way it, it kind yes. of gives that sense of Yeah, Hector. yeah, that's good. Hector. So Hector Voss. Yep. Good. Hector was a great warrior. Hannibal was a great war leader. Yes, good. And what do we want to name the warden mayor, the current one, the one that had to be put in place? I think part of this should be the essence of you're not sure who's a bad guy here. Yeah. Yeah. So it should almost be unclear whether the proctor or the warden mayor, one or the other of those could be a demon. You don't really know. So maybe going with something more Russian, because that's just more threatening. (laughs) (laughs) See, Zakharov, Zaslavsky, I'm in the Z's for some reason. but uh... Something like Vostok. Vostok. Yeah. Oh, Kazmir or Constantine with a K. You can't go wrong with a name with a K, really can't, yeah. No, you can't. (laughs) Constantine's fine. Okay. Constantine, K-O-N-S-T-A-N-T-I-N, Vostok. I think it's V-O-S-T-O-K, I believe. Let's do that. It is now. It is is now. now. (laughs) In this world. Do we want to name the Proctors? I think we leave them as title. Should we name the two demons? We probably should. I always well, like Umbra. Umbra? Umbra, as a word. Shadowy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so something Latin-like. It means like, abandonment. How about like Umberoth? Fine. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yep. U-M-B-E-R-O-T-H? Yeah. Do you want that as the scales demon or the cup demon? Cup. So Umberoth is the accountant? Yep. Umberoth the accountant. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and what do we want for the justice demon? <laughs> the Phyllis. Demon. Phyllis, yes, that's it. <laughs> uh-huh. Actually, well, this could be a female, because we don't have any yet. Pelagia, maybe. That was just sudden, I realized, but I had the Russian names up. That works. Pelagic means at sea. That works. Hang on. I don't Not necessarily partial to Phyllis. <laughs> <laughs> Her uh, mortal identity name could be Phyllis. There you go. <laughs> Pelagia could be Phyllis, yes. <laughs> Proctor Phyllis. They probably use her last name, whatever her mortal last name is, but Pelagia I'm spelling as P-E-L-A-G-E-I-A. Does that make sense? Yep. 
Proctor Pelagia. And they wouldn't call her Proctor Pelagia because that's the demon name, but... Oh, Proctor Phyllis. Yeah. Yeah. Or Proctor Phyllis something. Or... Well, if we presume that the church can be anyone from any of these nations, we could use any name. That is true. Fact, using different names in the church is yeah, going to give it more of a Correct. universal feel. So. Okay, you know, so if Phyllis is the first name, the last name would probably also be kind of of, say, British descent in the way that we are, we're looking at this. It could be Smith. Phyllis Newman. <laughs> Newman. Phyllis Newman. <laughs> Newman? Yes. I like that. that when Miller. she created the identity, she was a Newman. Phyllis Newman. Newman. If we're going with the names being kind of similar, Umbaroth could be a Boris. Oh, yes. Yeah. Boris. So, Boris, and uh, maybe he would have a Russian-like surname then. Uh, like Yelenkov. Uh, kind of like Boris Yeltsin. Or Kriegen. Oh. Boris Kriegen. Kriegen? Kriegen, yep. Like K-R-I-E-G-E-N? Yeah, something like that, yep. It's kind of more Germanic, but we can go with that. Yeah. Do we want to do that, Boris Kriegen? Yeah. Kriegen's good. Okay. I kind of think we should probably name the land where the city is located. It's something Delta. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be Guardian Delta? We could call it that. The Shield Delta? The Shield Delta is good. Actually, I like Shield Delta better. Yep. Shall we do that? Sure. Okay. Okay. What's the name of the river? Or is it the River Shield? There you go. And then the Shield Delta, yep. Okay, so the river is called Shield. The river is probably the border between two of the countries. Yeah, I'm guessing. Shielding one from the other from having demons be sent again, since we've said demons came running water. (laughs) That's good. I like that. So it's Shield Delta, the Shield River. Now, uh, we need to name the church. Is it just called the Church of the Sentinel, or is it called anything else? I think we can leave it the Church of the Sentinel. Okay. The C of S. Could be the Church of the Promise. Or the Church of the Promise. Given with promise as heaven. Church of Promise. The cops. The cops run the uh, prison colony. (laughs) C-O-P. Okay. The Church of Promise. And we should name the prison colony, the city. New Jersey. New Jersey. Excellent. No. <laughs> now, it's a prison, so it's going to have to have gate or hold Ooh, yeah. or something like that in its name. Well, it's the Shield Best River, deal. the Shield Delta. It could be Shield Hold or Shield Gate or Devil's yeah, this... Delta. Ooh. Devil's Devil. Island was a penal Delta? colony. If we base it off of like it starting out as a church building, what if it was called like the Devil's Nave? Ooh. Devil's Nave. Yeah, the mm. nave being the you know central area for you know, oh the yeah perdition's nave. What if we just called it perdition? Perdition is good. You know, okay. Place between heaven and hell, you know, kind of thing. Perdition is good, actually. I like that. Perdition's gate. Perdition's gate is good too. Which I believe I... is also the name of a level thirty-two level doom two thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Okay. So yeah, we knew it was a good name. Somebody else had already used it. Uh, Perdition's okay. Hold. Perdition's yep. Hold is good. Do we like that? Yep. Okay. Perdition's Hold. We've Sweet. got it. That there is another world. Yay. Awesome. Yay. So we will, when there is time, which uh, at some point in the future, we will put that into the wiki. But in the meantime, this world will be usable for whatever you like. It's, again, uh, an open license on it, so feel free to use that in your games or in your writing material or what have you. And, Clint, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It was yeah, a blast. It was, yeah. It and if they want to find you or find Pinnacle online, where should they go? You can go to www.peginc.com, which is P-E-G-I-N-C.com, and be sure and click on the forums. I am there pretty much every day, barring the weekends. I have a real active community of Savage Worlds fans. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks for coming on. This was a lot of fun. And again, folks, if uh, you want to contact us individually, I am Jim at CrucibleOfRealms.com. I'm John at CrucibleRealms.com. I'm the Mad Gamer at CrucibleOfRealms.com. Say goodbye, fellas. Goodbye, Goodbye, fellas. (laughs) We are out. Thank you for listening to Crucible of Realms. Do you have comments or a question? Have you used one of our settings? Tell us about it. You can contact us at podcast at crucibleofrealms.com or leave a review for us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Or if you'd like to contact one of the hosts individually, you can find our emails on the website at crucibleofrealms.com. From there, you can check out the wiki with all the settings we've created so far. Those settings and this podcast are released under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. 
The opening and closing theme was composed and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. <laughs>